Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 53. On this Feel Good Friday, July 16th, 2021, we are pleased to be joined by David Daniel. Um, what's up, David? I'm doing very good. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. So today on this podcast, we'll be talking about should the Knicks pursue Colin Sexton, the Pelicans hire of Willie Green, is LeBron James still a top five player in the NBA? Um, Trey Young took to Twitter about you know his team USA snub, and the Spurs and Kings are the favorites to land Ben Simmons and much more. So without further ado, let's dive on in. We begin today's episode what of what to make of last night's officiating in last night's uh, game four of the NBA Finals. You know, NBA Twitter was obviously in a blaze because they thought Devin Booker should have fouled out multiple times, and especially on the Drew Holiday foul. But guys, is this something NBA fans should let slide, or should we talk about this more and, you know, press the NBA refs for what they did? Um, I think it's always been an ongoing issue for years how the refs have screwed over games multiple times. But I think that Drew Holiday in particular foul was a clearly a blatant foul. And like I said, Suns, like the game was close throughout the whole game. So it just sucks that it was ruined by fouls. And I just don't, I'm sick of it happening for future games, especially like a game seven. If it happens there, then it just ruins the whole vibe of everything. But at the end of the day, I don't know how we could stop it. Like, I don't like we can continue to talk about it. But at the end of the day, reps just get away with it, in my opinion. Well, like you said, we, it's really hard to find a way to stop it. But I think what we should do is we should hold the refs accountable like we hold the players accountable. You know, if you get a technical foul, you're penalized for it. If you reach, reach a certain amount of technicals, you're penalized for it. I think for the rep- referees, if, you know, there's a problem and the NBA releases the officiating report and there's clear problems and the referee reaches a certain amount of strikes, they should be penalized for it. And they should, you know, have consequences. Because, like you said, David, it seems to just be constantly happening. And we always talk about it. And the league never does anything about it. So mm-hmm. – you know, we could keep complaining, but like you said, they just they they don't take actions and consequences on referees. Don't you think it goes much deeper than they're just the refs? And do you think the because what many people on Twitter, I mean, and Twitter's a wild place to be fair, but many people claim that this is much deeper than just the refs, and it's maybe an inside plan from the NBA. But to me, that makes no sense because wouldn't the NBA want the Bucks to win Game Four? They wanted the series to go longer. The whole idea that the, they wanted the Suns to win to me makes zero sense. But um, that's what apparently many people, you know, believe that it's a whole inside job, and you know, it's not the refs' fault. It's really NBA NBA's fault, and they think it's like rigged. I guess is what their whole thing is. So um, I know you're saying deeper. So are you trying to talk about the Scott Foster officiating every time Chris Paul plays a game? That kind of deep. Well, yeah, I'm just kind of talking about how it goes deeper than just the refs because, like, maybe it's an inside job from the NBA to, you know, you know, have an outcome happen, which people are accusing the refs of having – or the NBA of having, like, pre-planned outcomes of certain series and games. Yeah, Rigged was trending on Twitter immediately after the game. So everyone clearly knows something is up, and I just wish, like Frank said, they should – like, refs should be fine if they make a bad call, like, after the game, like – it's, it's sad that anything happens to them. Like, they can make a bad call, screw a team over, and nothing happens. Yeah, accountability should be held on all platforms. Owners should be held accountable when they mess things up. Coaches, players, and referees as well. It's only fair. Yeah. All right, so let's transition now to our next topic. We're going to talk about our New York Knicks, and should the Knicks pursue guard from the Cleveland Cavaliers currently, Colin Sexton, who balled out this year in a sense – the Cavs have made it, an, you know, an open secret, really, that they're more than willing to move on from Sexton. David, you and I talked about this the other day. We're really not sure why they want to stick with Garland over Sexton, but they do. So, so far, the Knicks package offered apparently is Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, and the 19th overall pick. And just by reading that, you could sign me up to make that trade right now as a Knicks fan. Guys, why are the Cavs moving on from Colin Sexton and keeping Garland over him? And do you think the Knicks would be a good landing spot for him? Well, look, Frank, I mean, you know, I've been preaching to the choir about this for the past couple of weeks. I don't know why they're doing that. And I guess I kind of because we know the, you know, the whole locker room issue and we know how it's it's apparently reported that he's a bad teammate. But for the Knicks, this trade makes it seem like the Knicks are robbing the Cavs, right? But it's not that necessarily because, remember, it's like the KP trade is about cap space. And if you, you know, trade for Colin Sexton, you're signing up for a max contract from Colin Sexton. And that's because he's going to be want a max contract. So it's deeper than just trading for him. 
just solely the guy. It's also giving him a max contract and ruining your flexibility for future years. So should the Knicks do it? We have to wait. Wait. Don't don't panic and don't rush to a deal with you know the Cavs. I would wait to see kind of the free agent landscape. What happens this offseason with Damian Lillard and other guys like that, and even what you know might happen next year. I mean, even if we don't get Dame or we don't get anybody this offseason, do you still have and hold out hope that the 2022 class could be something that we you know could attack? Maybe, or do you go for Colin Sexton? You know, that's a tough question, and I don't know that answer honestly. Um, I say they do. And uh, going back to why the Cavs are doing that is because Colin Sexton is due for an extension. And I think they want to save money for the foreseeable future. And also, that's re- I, I know that that's ridiculous. Play. Yeah, I mean, that that's ridiculous because you're a rebuilding team in Cleveland. Why would you want to? I, I don't understand their whole obsession with saving money as a team that, you know, you want to acquire as much talent as possible as a rebuilding team. Unless they're getting Jalen Green in the draft, there's no reason why they should, you know, abandon Colin Sexton. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But if the Knicks can do this trade, I say they do it. Because Knicks are in two situations. Do they want to rush for a championship or play the slightly long game, not too long? Because they've been in rebuild for a while now. And I think Sexton would fit the mold perfectly because you don't know what you're getting out of Randall, like, for the foreseeable future. So I think... Because it's not for sure. Dame hasn't even requested a trade. So I do think they wait to see what Dame does. They wait to see what Kawhi does. And if they both stay put, you trade for Sexton. You know, I agree too. I, no, I, but I think Frank, you so you you want to ruin our cap space flexibility for 2022 to trade for Colin Sexton. I mean, that's a choice that I think is really tough. And it might be me being too biased thinking yeah, but we'll get a start. Who, who are we gonna get in 2022? Curry is yeah, not I mean, leaving the Curry's not leaving the Warriors, and all the Nets guys are going to opt back in if they win the ring this year. Why take the risk? Depending on next year's free agency, when you can yeah, play. and and I agree with what David said. I don't think playing for a championship right now is a smart thing because we you have a team like the Nets and you have a team like the Bucks. Why not play for a championship three year, three years down the line when Randall will still be in his prime? Barrett will be 23, and Sexton will be just entering his prime. Well, Randall Barrett and Sexton is he's not a, a core that's a championship caliber, but you know. yeah. But how do you know that in three years? You don't know what Barrett could turn yeah, into. Perhaps, yeah, fair enough. And you don't know what Sexton could turn into. I'd rather take my chances three years down the line than right now because you're not winning a championship right now with Damian Lillard and Julius Randall. There's no way. And Kawhi, oh. I, mean, I, I mean, unless you're pairing Dame with Kawhi, but that's even a risk. That's a big what if. Like and Kawhi's if, not even going to play. No, but listen. Yeah, he, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. But the whole thing about getting Dame Frank by himself with Randall for this season is that maybe by you know heaven, maybe by just a rare chance, you can get Dame to attract another star in 2022 to come to New York with Dame and Randall. Maybe Steph Curry, but and there's other guys you know we can get. There's other guys outside the Nets guys and Steph Curry. Zach Levine's a free agent, so we can get Zach Levine. Maybe you know there's other guys. So. If you have Damon Randall in New York, another guy might want to come rather than, you know, Sexton, Barrett, and Randall. That's not as attractive, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's and just, then, it's, Yeah, and you wouldn't even have cap space, too, so. Yeah, it's a tricky situation for the Knicks because they have a lot of cap space, and I think they're going to hold off on giving Randall the max for now. And I just think they need to step back and look. But in terms – if it's Sexton or Lonzo, I think go after Sexton in my opinion. Agreed. I mean, I don't know. I'm just so tired of like the Knicks expecting that we're going to get like a big time free agent. Like I understand that the league thinks that's going to happen now, but I just don't see any situation possible where a superstar is going to leave. I could see Damian Lillard leaving, but I don't think he'd come to the Knicks by himself. I think the Knicks' best chance of getting a superstar is Chris Paul, if you want to be really honest with you guys. No, but I, I – no, And I don't think I, Kawhi leaving now that he hurt his ACL. No, no, no. Kawhi, Kawhi, I agree. Kawhi, I agree. But Dame – is still, I feel like, a guy we could totally get. Dame has always been the guy who can't come out and say that he doesn't want to be on a super team. This would be a good opportunity for him to leave Portland and build a new super because he would be the first guy. So he wouldn't be joining a super team. He would be building a new culture for a super team. And I feel like he would be more attracted to that than, like, the Lakers. And the Lakers aren't out of the running anyways. Um, and But you have to keep in mind, Dame is 30. And like Frank said, you guys are competing for a championship maybe three years down the line. How many more years are you going to get of Damian Lillard? Four at most? Certainly, absolutely. But, you know, it, it's a tricky battle. And I, I get where you guys are coming from because 
if you do play, but you guys are acting like a three years down the line, we're a lot to win the championship all of a sudden because no, Adoro, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if I had to pick an option, I would rather play for three years down the line with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle than possibly giving up R.J. Barrett and a lot of our young pieces like Quickly and Toppin for Damian Lillard, and we're taking the chance then that he's going to bring in another superstar. I'd rather not take the chance. I would rather just wait the three years, wait until teams like the Nets fall apart and those guys get older, wait until LeBron and Anthony Davis. LeBron's out of the league and Anthony Davis might be somewhere else. That's me. Personally, and then Kawhi and Paul George getting up there too. That's that. I don't think now's the time for the Knicks to push it forward. And I think getting someone like Sexton is still good and helping you build towards your future. To me, that'd be a no brainer to me. And I'd accept that trade in a heartbeat. And also, you know if you're expecting Portland to get Dame from Portland, it would have to include RJ Barrett. And I don't know if risking a young guy for Dame is worth it if it doesn't pan out in the future. It's just too much risk in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, but- you would to me, I would only trade Barrett to Portland if I knew that I was getting Kawhi Leonard and I can get have a shot at the ring the next three years. Because if you give up Barrett and we get just Dame, we're gonna be in the same position we are now. We're still not gonna be competing oh, for a no. championship. I, I agree. So you your hypothetical ideal situation is the Knicks get Co- Colin Sexton we somehow have RJ Barrett groom into this superstar or star player. And then Zion comes in 2026. Is that your whole plan? I mean, that would be kind of, I'm not saying Zion, but I, I like the idea of Sexton and Barrett together and growing at once. I mean, I would rather hold off. I'm not, I'm not trying to play for a championship these next three years, especially the way the league is right now. But okay. So let's, let, let's play it for the, okay. So let's, let's take this into a situation where they want to win. Let's say next year. They would have to guarantee Damon and Kawhi both get there and have a good supporting cast because you're going to get both of them. All your young core is gone. Multiple first-round draft picks are gone. And what if you don't win? And it's just it's just a whole top situation. And then RJ Parrott pans out to be a superstar. You're, you're going to be yeah. like, could have had him. We had exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, you got – yeah. That's and a good and like you said, David, you know, they do that now and they want to win now. You still got to compete against eight other teams, you know, even the Hawks, you got the Hawks in the East, the Bucks. You still got the Sixers, and you got the Nets. That's at least four teams on the top. The I, Nets are the, the only team. Too. The Nets the are the Celtics, only real team, and that would I, that would give us. I, you know. I understand that with Dame, Kawhi, and Randall. Like maybe the Nets would be the only team that causes problems. Maybe the Bucks too. That's not realistic, still, though. So no, that's not realistic. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I would rather play for three years down the line. The Knicks are in a good position now with the young core. Let's not throw this all away and have to go for the championship, and then possibly have to start rebuilding over yeah. again for ten more years. And uh, one thing I want to talk about it is a team did this. Uh, we're in the Knicks position, and that was the Boston Celtics. They weren't sure about Brown and Tatum, so they added all these all-star pieces and it didn't pan out. You don't want that happening to the Knicks. No, but the oh, – okay. So the Celtics just completely were unwilling to give up. Like, when they were when they were like that team with Isaiah Thomas, like they were unwilling to give up those draft picks up for Anthony Davis and for Kevin Durant. Like they never wanted to go get that star. The Celtics were always super conservative with, you know, trading their picks and in, in their future assets for a star player. Frankie even talks about this all the time. I mean, they were unwilling to trade for AD, Kevin Durant, um, Paul George, even Kyrie Irving. Remember, or not Kyrie Irving, but um, Jimmy Butler. Th- those three guys, Jimmy Butler. So those were the guys that were always like, you know, ah, we're not going to pull the trigger. We're not going to give up our future picks for, you know, these stars right now to pair up with IT. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they, Danny Age's biggest mess-up came in 2017 when he traded for Kyrie, and he did that because he didn't depend on his young core. I don't want the Knicks making the same mistake. Depend on your young core, see how it pans out. Because, like, even LeBron said, players don't reach their prime until even they're 27, 28, because they could pan out. So I say don't don't give up on them just yet for a veteran that only has, like, four years. Like, the reason Celtics don't trade Jalen Brown is because they don't want to give up 10 years of Jalen Brown for three years of Lillard. Exactly. Yeah, and, and with the you Nets, lim- yeah. You limit yourself to own- to competing with th- for three years, and you still might not even win it. You know, there's still a really good chance that you don't win it because the Nets are going to have that quarterback next year, and if those guys opt in after they win the ring next year, if they do, they're going to go at it again. And you still got LeBron James in the league, and we still know what he's capable of. And you're going to have the Warriors coming back. There's that's just three off the top of my head. So there's going to be a lot of competing to do, and who knows what teams will be good ten years down the line. I'd rather take my chances, keep my young guy like R.J. Barrett, and, and I'm sure David feels the same way about Jalen Brown. You know, the Celtics have been very conservative since trading for Kyrie Irving, and I think at this point, Brown and Tatum going forward is a good thing. Yeah. Young, 23, 24. 
All right, so we're going to move on to the Pelicans hiring the Suns assistant head coach, currently Willie Green. He spent 12 years in the NBA as a player from 2003 to 2015. Um, Andre Iguodala was one of the big advocates for Willie Green. He went on JJ Reddick's podcast a couple of days ago. He also just retired recently. But yeah, Green has been with the Suns since 2019 when Monty Williams stepped in. It was, it was previously a developmental coach with Golden State in that KD, Steph, Clay era. So guys, what are your initial thoughts on Willie Green becoming the coach um, of the Pelicans? Obviously they have a young core of Zion, B.I. You know, Lonzo is obviously up in the air still. We don't know about him. But the hope is you probably want to put Zion at the five and play a, a fast-paced style of play. Um, so so the, one of the big issues, and I think Brandon Ingram said it, is coaching was a big issue. So now that you're going for a coach that played under Monty Williams, I think it's a big bonus. Because I just think there's so much going on in New Orleans. I, I don't know if it's just the coaching, but there's so much sloppiness going on in the organization. But I feel like this is a good move. Yeah, I agree with what David said. They had, you know, they had a kind of a coach that was kind of old school and, you know, didn't fit the kind of style of the guys that they have. And Monty Williams is a great coach. And Willie Green is coming from the Monty Williams system. They're all about the run and gun. And I think they'll run a lot of Zion at the five, let Brandon Ingram do more of his thing. But like you said, the Pelicans organization is just really a disaster. I mean, Zion's already unhappy with, with them. The Steven Adams trade and that Derek Bledsoe trade were horrible. I mean, they have a lot of problems. Uh, the Jackson Hayes draft pick too. I mean, they're just a disaster. Regardless of who the coach is, to be honest with you, I still don't think anything's going to pan out in New Orleans. The, there's no denying that they made some mistakes. Like, but I still think the Anthony Davis trade for them was really good. They got Brendan Ingram, who's an all-star caliber player, Alonzo Ball, even Josh Hart. Um, for me, I, I think we're, we're, we're kind of pushing Zion out of New Orleans too fast. I mean, guys, it's been two years. LeBron James didn't make the playoffs in Cleveland for his first two seasons. It can, guys, we can, it can change. Give the Pelicans one more season. And I, I think it's been two seasons. You know, sure, they made the, the, the bad trade to Eric Bledsoe and we're proceeding Steven Adams. The personnel was, has been terrible. And Steven Adams with Eric Bledsoe, with all these guys who can't shoot the ball around Zion and BI, it just didn't work. They need shooters. They need space around Zion so he can do what he does best. And I think the Pelicans are in position still to be successful as a team because they have so many young assets still. And they have this core, two all-stars, right? Two all-stars. And they're so young. They can still grow together. We're pushing Zion out of New Orleans too fast, in my opinion. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because uh, Josh Hart wants out of there. He wants to start something new. JJ well, Josh Hart's Josh Hart's really bad anyway. I mean, he, he's an eight rebound per game guy as a guard. I mean, uh, JJ Redick has said bad things about the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, very sloppy. Bi doesn't like to fit with Zion. Apparently, allegedly, we don't know for sure if that's true. Lonzo, we don't know if he wants to be there or not. He'll make that decision soon enough. So I just feel like it's so sloppy. And then Steven Adams, when we saw the trade, we were all confused. Why did this happen? Like the fit was just terrible. There's zero spacing. So if Lonzo leaves, I say Pelicans drop the bag on the AD trade. I don't know. I mean, AD, what was their ceiling with Anthony Davis with the Pelicans? It was a guys that were a first round exit almost every single season. They didn't have much of a high ceiling with AD. That's did, AD ever did AD ever show that he was a top five player with the Pelicans like he did with the Lakers? That uh, one year the tw with 2018 he did because 2018 he did. When he was Remember, he almost won MVP in 2018 when James Harden won it. The Pelicans were the sixth seed in the West, but that was when Boogie Cousins went down and AD was putting a monster numbers that one second half stretch in 2018. So he did have that top five run. And then when he beat the Portland in the playoffs, but what their ceiling with AD wasn't high and it wasn't going to be high. That was the best thing they could have done getting Brandon Ingram, a young star on the Zion's same timeline. Okay. But that was the best thing they could have done, but look what they did now with it. They turned it into a disaster again. I mean, this is a constant cycle yeah. of them turning it into a disaster, well, you know, and if, if Brandon Ingram and Zion, the thing's not going to work out. Those are their two superstars. And if they have to move on to one of them, they're restarting all over. But again. the Brandon Ingram, that that's overblown in my opinion. They'll, they'll work it out with those two. I think there's valid criticism to be made about the trades of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. But now with those guys, you know, hopefully out of town, you, you got to hope that next season they, with this new coach, Willie Green, that he can make those adjustments with Zion, Zion at the five. And, you know, it's his third season guys. If, if, Things don't work out for the next two seasons. 
then we could push Zion out. Remember, Zion can't leave New Orleans until five seasons. He'll have the four-year rookie contract. And if he really wants to get out, he'll, he can decline the max contract extension and accept a qualifying offer. And that fifth season is when his would be his last season in New Orleans. And then he would be a free agent after that fifth season. So they still have three more years at least. Um, I, I mean, Zion's family already wants him out of there. And also the problem with trading Bledsoe and Steven Adams is those are your two best defenders on that team. So this team needs a lot of oh, work. But, but that, that, no, Zion's your best defender. Zion is your best defender, in my opinion. I, I don't – in Steven Adams and, and Eric Bledsoe have been such a negative offensively with their shooting and spacing. I think that you gladly get rid of them. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get rid of them too. Get for them. Like they're – you don't get nothing. You 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 actually might have to give up a first round pick to get rid of them, which is another negative move. Like I don't see a uh, I don't see if if Lonzo leaves, I don't see what positive you can get out of Brandon. But what makes us think Lonzo's going to leave? Lonzo's probably going to stay in New Orleans. They can give him the money. They they have it. Oh, I, I actually completely disagree. I would say but Lonzo's just he's a restricted he's a restricted free agent though, French. He's an RFA, so the Pelicans have the opportunity to you know match his contract. So this whole it's only happening. This whole media talk about Lonzo leaving, it's because they hate New Orleans. The media hates New Orleans, and they don't want them to be good. Well, the players be there fine, seem like right? they hate it too. No. They Look, do it themselves, the Pelicans. That's that's fair, but the guys, remember, the organization has power. The, the David Griffin has power to keep Lonzo. Lonzo. It's not Lonzo's choice if he wants to leave or stay. Like, he has to stay if they, if they want and him back. And that sucks. Why bring back a player that doesn't want to be there? Because the, he has to play for them. Like, what, is he going to, like, hold out for four seasons? Like, you have to – he has to play then. So it happens all the time in sports. People don't want to play. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play in Green Bay. I know you're not an NFL guy, but you have to play because your contract says you have to play. You know, that's how it, that's how it goes sometimes. And, you know, he'll have to play. So that's what happened with Zach Levine. He ended up signing with the Kings and the Bulls matched him. So I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on now, though, to LeBron James. Uh, is LeBron still a top five player? At age 36, it feels like LeBron has finally regressed since the angle injury, and he kind of said that he's never going to, you know, be back to 100%. But should we drop him out of top five list? Personally, no. I just made my top ten list, and I had him ranked at number three. So what do you guys think? Ooh. So I think that we could all agree that LeBron is better than Kawhi, I think, right? Yeah. And Giannis. And, I, think Cur- I think Curry is better than LeBron, though, at this point, right? Like, at this particular stage, he averaged 32 a game last year, incredible efficiency numbers, you know, seven assists a game. And I think Curry and KD are better, but I think number three for LeBron's a, a good spot. Um, I mean, that's where I have him right now. Uh, I have him at number two. And like, I mean, Curry had an outstanding season. Like his team was terrible, but outside of shooting, he what does he do better than LeBron? Like before LeBron had the ankle injury, he was putting up MVP numbers. He was in the MVP conversation. It was at one point leading it. So I don't think Curry's over him at all. I would put LeBron at two and I would put KD at one because KD's going out of his mind. That's that's my that's my current top three. I, I get that, David. Like, and I can understand an argument for it hundred percent. But to me, have not having LeBron at full strength going forward is the thing that concerns me. And the playoff performance concerns me as well. Um, to me, you know, like I said, we talked about this even the other day. The only reason why or I could see the Lakers possibly make it back to the finals is Anthony Davis is healthy and he's playing like a top five player again. It's not be- it's not because LeBron's gonna be you know, LeBron, the LeBron that we know of. LeBron's still going to be great, but he's not going to be that best player in the league by far, you know, like he was for a lot of the years. I think it's going it, to – it's all dependent on Anthony Davis. But I would still rank LeBron in my top five easily. Yeah. Mm. We'll see how he comes back next year because I think he was referring to his ankle. I don't know if he – I don't know what he meant by I'll never be 100%. I think he had to, like, rephrase it again. And I think he, if he comes back healthy, I think he'll prove a lot of people wrong, like he always does. Like every time we yeah. doubt him and say he's not a top five player, he comes, he comes and does something crazy. So I wouldn't yeah, rule he, it out of the park. He clarified his statements by saying that he, what he meant by that 100% comment is that he will never be the same from, I guess, pro, like 2010, 2011 days. So he actually like did say that he'll never be the same physically, which is pretty obvious. I don't know how it's like a storyline. It's obviously yeah. a 36 year old player will be like what they wouldn't at age 28. So, I mean, it's not really a big story at all. Yeah. But also if Lakers don't put right pieces around him, it's going to look like he fell off. If that makes sense. Like 
there's not a, a lot of people expected to be on the Lakers next year. Frank, we talked about this. They only have like five people left on payroll right now. So it's like if he has a bad supporting cast, and I, I think he has to carry a lot more, which is even worrying more because he's 36. Oh, yeah, remember and he's when? Not, and he's not going to have a good supporting cast, though, to be honest with you. Like we talked about the same thing. Like realistic options for them at point guard is guys that are around Dennis Schroeder's price range. They're not in a good situation to get another superstar, even though people and the media are making it seem to be out that way. And, you know, that's in a sense because, you know, LeBron's still making $40 million a year and Anthony Davis is making a lot of money too, which makes sense. But when you have two guys on huge max contracts, the rest of your roster is not going to be good. And we also talked about this. If you're a role player or a teammate of LeBron James and you play well, you are criticized and, like, you are idolized by the media. But if you don't perform well, the microscope's always on you. And Kyle Kuzma talked about this. We also talked about this, that, you know, his minutes were inconsistent and he never really felt like – he was in the Lakers rotation because of the nonstop in and out. And it's just really tough. And as a guy, I don't think I'd want to go play for the Lakers and deal with that constant expectation of having to perform at a really high level and all the pressure that you have to deal with. I agree Dual. with you. It's extremely toxic to play in. And like even Lonzo, like they, they knocked on him for not having a consistent jump shot and he's not going to pan out. He went to a location that's not in the lights and he's, he's, he's popping off. He's looking great. So I agree with you yeah. on that. I mean, guys, the Lakers only had three players in their roster in 2019 free, free agency after they signed – or after they traded for AD. Remember that? How, like, the roster looked like – it was, like, three players. It was LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. So they filled out the roster, so give them credit. They could probably do it again. But let's yes, move but on. Okay. The, let, me, let me just say one thing. They filled out that roster, and people were saying, like, guys like Avery Bradley are going to make an impact. You know, the Lakers fans are always overhyping these guys that they're signing for vet minimums, and the guys don't pan out, and then they're mad. Like you well, Avery Bradley those... was good before the bubble. He just didn't go to the bubble because he was having a kid. He was, his I, wife was pregnant. I know, but I'm just using Avery Bradley as an example. Like the, the Lakers ex- fans expect these guys that they signed to vet minimums to pan out and become great players, and it doesn't happen. And then they go at them. Like you're signing these guys for a minute to a minimum contract for a reason. Yeah, because they deserve that money. Drummond, like as soon as he joined the Lakers, his Drummond. Was, <laughs> we get slandered every single every single day. night. Yep. Yeah. And I totally get that. So if LA can find a roster, it's not going to be crazy players. Like I, they have no chance of getting Dame. That's like, oh, that, that's, but dude, they don't have any, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But that's what, but that's what the media, the media is making it out to seem like these people that they're, they have a shot at Damian Lewis. Like remember LeBron and Dame went to the Las nah. Vegas Aces game and they were like, yeah. Oh, they're talking about next year. Like, bro, come on, stop. They're friends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even if he wanted, I mean, he probably recruited him because it came out that he recruited him before AD. But he knows the situation. He knows there's the only way that you're getting Dame is you trade them Anthony Davis, which they're not going to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on to another topic driven by the media. Speaking of what you said, Frank, in my opinion, I mean, this is all just the media trying to stir a pot and, you know, create some drama from the NBA draft. The last time a number one pick was ever traded was, you know, in 2017 when the Boston Celtics traded that number one pick to Philadelphia where, you know, Philly selected Markel Fultz, the Boston Celtics selected Jason Tatum at number three. But there's rumors that the Rockets and Thunder are desperate and aggressive to trade up to the top pick with the Detroit Pistons. I don't see this. I don't see why the Pistons would let go of Kate Cunningham when he's in their fingertips. This is not going to happen. The only reason why that happened in 2017 was because Danny Ainge was so confident that Jason Tatum was the best player in the draft. And he was willing to make a, a big risk at the time. And it eventually panned out. But it, guys, number one picks being traded rarely happens. I, I don't see how this happens at all. Um, I can only see OKC possibly doing it if they put Shea in the deal. But like you said, I don't. There's no chance. Why would you give up on a future star? Pistons are terrible. They're. I could say they're the, one of the worst teams in the NBA. I don't think they drop the bag. I think they keep the pick. A hundred percent. Just a hundred percent. So we hold on though, Frank. Do you think? Or and guys, do you guys think that Shea? Like, who would you rather have right now, Shea or Cade Cunningham? Because I think I'm going Cade Cunningham. I think he's that dude. And I know Shea's a, you know, he's already NBA. I mean, he's proven it already. 24 points a game. He's fantastic. But Cade's ceiling is like in the Pistons. If I'm in the Pistons position, like David said, they are so unbelievably bad. I would just take Cade Cunningham because one, he's younger. So you're going to have more time with him. And Cade Cunningham's going to sell jerseys. And I think, like you said, I think his ceiling is a little bit higher. So to me, yeah, it's a no brainer, Cade Cunningham. 
I don't think he gets traded. I think he's he's gonna end up a piston. hundred percent. Yeah, I, I love I love what we're saying. I don't think he gets traded. Already implying that he's on the Pistons already, which he pretty much is. I mean, exactly. It's yeah. They're not gonna end up. All right, so we kind of touched on this briefly earlier, but we're going to bring it up now. Um, Kawhi Leonard's injury diagnosis, what is it going to have, you know, effect on him in free agency? To me, this has a major impact. But we've seen in the past Kevin Durant had the torn Achilles before he entered free agency, and he's, he left. So even though that was kind of known as coming, to me, this seems like it's a no-brainer now that Kawhi stays with the Clippers. I also think it's a no-brainer because they already made the Western Conference Finals and they took the Suns in six games without him. So to me – um, I think he's going to stay with the Clippers. They're going to continue to do the load management stuff. They're not going to rush him back. And it just seems like it just makes 100% sense that he stays there. Just giving some context for everyone, Kawhi, so I don't know if Frank, Frank didn't touch on this, but Kawhi has a partially torn ACL, and it's a nine-month-long injury. So he'll probably miss at least the first half of next season, if not the entire season, knowing how Kawhi kind of goes by injuries, playing it very conservatively. So we could probably see Kawhi – you know, out the entire next season. And of course, like Frank said, that's going to impact in, in my opinion, have him stay in Los Angeles because they already have a core with PG and, you know, a pretty deep roster. You know, I don't see what the point is. And he wanted to go to LA so badly. Remember he pushed what, you know, he pushed for years to get to LA from 2017 on. He wanted to go to Los Angeles so bad. He's finally in LA. Why would he leave now after just two seasons? Um, so this league ch- touched on this, and this is going back to the San Antonio days when they misdiagnosed him or they handled his injury wrong. So if it comes out that the Clippers medical staff misdiagnosed him because they claimed as a knee injury, they didn't say a partial ACL. And if that comes out that they mistreated his his injury, then that could drive him away like it drove him out of San Antonio because that was his reasoning. But that's the Clippers' worst nightmare. But I do agree with you. Uh, his best bet is staying in LA. Yeah. To be honest to you, though, David, I don't really think it's been a misdiagnosis. I think it was just more in a sense that, like, they kind of didn't want to tell the Suns of the Jazz that he was going to, like, come back and play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I understand, like, it could be, but I think that they were just kind of trying to play it as, like, oh, we might have Kawhi back and kind of just for the scare tactic. And, and we know it's a partially torn ACL now. So the Clippers PR tweeted it and Woj and Shifts. So we know it's a partially torn ACL. It's official right now. And obviously that news didn't come but until you wait, know, just like a couple of days ago. Wait, David might be – wait, didn't they say it knee, knee strain first though? Yeah, they said no, it was it, a knee injury. They claimed it, it, no, it at first. Like a knee injury. Yeah. They did it for the like, entire Utah Jazz series and then yeah. the, they called it a knee injury. Yeah, during oh, the playoffs, yeah, you're right. If they, spe- if they didn't specify it, then I think they're fine. Yeah, so during I- the playoffs, they called it a knee injury, like David said. And then now, just recently, they came out and said it's a partially torn ACL. And Spencer Dimity actually had the same injury, which caused him to miss, you know, this season, obviously, as well. So that's something to keep an eye of. But, um, yeah, uh, so this one, to me, I'm so excited to talk about this because apparently Trey Young was, was snubbed of the USA team. And I... I honestly don't believe this is true because I don't know how they can possibly snub a guy when you have of Trey Young's you know caliber when you have Jeremy Grant and Kevin Love on the roster and I think it has to do with him maybe you know not wanting to have gone to these exhibition games maybe he wanted to just join the team in Tokyo and maybe Popovich was like no you have to go to these exhibition games with us if you want to play it just feels really weird that they would just, you know, snub him of the team if he wanted and was willing to play this entire time. Um, so I have a conspiracy that the NBA hates Trey Young because he was snubbed from the All-Star game. And also Steve Nash, NBA legend, said I hate his play style. So, and I do, I think he is actually being wrongfully snubbed. Like, I just got a report before this that Christian Wood might join Team USA over Trey Young as well. So it's like, like, Treyon's a no-brainer. Like, if he wants to play, let him play. But if he rejected it, that's a whole other story. But I do think there's some conspiracy that not everyone really likes him, especially not, like, the Knicks fan base as well. I feel like he's hated. He's a villain right now. Yeah, he is. But to me, that gives me no re- – like, I'm a Knicks fan. You want the best 10 basketball players that you could get there or the best 12 to represent our country. I don't give a sh- – excuse my language. I don't give a shit what team they play for or if people don't like or not. If I'm – Jerry Colangelo, Colangelo, and I'm involved in USA basketball, and I'm Greg Popovich, I'm sitting down and I'm building the best roster of players available. And another problem with Team USA that I have is 
guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry are not playing there. And I get well, it. No, Frank, Frank, enough. It's and, been two years in a row of basketball. And, and I no, get Frank, it. I'm, I'm, I'm not buying that conversation. They should, they, they're deservedly so to not play. It's been – they're 36 and 33 years old, and they've been playing LeBron two years Davis, in a row basketball. I was going to – don't – let me finish. LeBron okay. gave his time. I understand it. Curry did not, and he should be playing because they didn't yeah. even make the playoffs. So Curry should be playing, first of all. And second of all, there is no big man on this roster. So I do understand why they're calling up Christian Wood, but Trey Young should have been the second or third name written down for this roster behind Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum. There is no reason why he wasn't. I don't care if you don't like him. You're trying to win gold. And they're going to watch in this tournament. Look at the ex- exhibition games already. They already lost two of them. When they when they under-exceed expectations, people will start realizing that what they're doing is wrong and that these guys, the best players in the United States, need to play for our country. Well, they're going to win. I mean, they're going to win the goal, first of all. I mean, that's not really a debate. Um, they still have – Nothing's like, a guarantee. But okay. I know I get it because some teams' best players, like Thomas Sadaransky is the best player for Czech Republic. Like, okay, and they beat, our, they, beat, they beat Canada with eight NBA you know, players. I know, I, I, I know. But well, <laughs> that was because, you know, Nick Nurse's coaching was horrible, giving, you know, not giving, you know, an actual player on the team the ball. They gave, like, the, the scrub on the team. But that's besides the point. Um, you talked about um, how, you know, they picked, what, Christian Wood over Trey Young. Is that what they did? Then they uh, picked Christian Wood. Also, Bradley Bill's not playing. And yeah, Young's he has COVID, right? Yeah, or he's in the COVID protocol. We don't know if he actually yeah. has Young, it or not. Young, I don't remember who they're replacing him with. They said it. I don't remember who it is. Um, Jer- Jeremy Grant is not playing either. I forgot. So they, they need a random so person. It's Grant, Grant and Beal are out. So and then Christian Woods had to replace one of those guys, I'm assuming. They, they need bigs, though, bro. Like, even call up, like, Julius Randle. Like, you guys need – they need bigs. We can't be and, playing oh, Draymond Green at center. And the Steph Curry thing, though, right, Frank? Didn't he not play in 2016 either? Like, I'm pretty sure he didn't play. That's what I'm or saying. did he? LeBron, I don't think I'm okay. he LeBron, I am perfectly fine with not playing this year. Yeah. He's – whatever, coming off the injury. He gave his time for the Olympic team. He did the right thing. He gave th- – I think he played three Olympics, actually. Yeah, he did. 4 08, and 12, there, yeah. There is no it's, reason why Steph Curry is not there playing in the Olympics right now. And that's wrong. That's wrong. LeBron gave his time. Kobe gave his time. Michael Jordan gave his time. All these stars gave their time. And to me, it's a knock on Curry because Kevin Durant's there right now, and they played in the playoffs, and he came off a torn ACL or no, a torn ruptured Achilles yeah. last year, and he's there. Curry hasn't had a major injury. He should be there playing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to excuse Curry's. I can definitely excuse LeBron's. He did his time. Exactly. Curry, it's a very bad look, especially because he didn't make the playoffs. And I don't know what he's really up to. Maybe he's just stalling time for his free agency or like, did he actually say why he didn't play for the Olympics or no? No, he just declined the invite. And you know, was Zion invited? I was about to say that. Why, yeah, why is and Zion Williamson not there? I, that's what I was about to actually touch upon. And Julius Randle, is he just not good enough for the team over Jeremy Grant? I mean, I'm just confused in that. Cause I, I haven't made it. So I doubt that. Like, yeah, cause if exactly. Jeremy Grant is not better than Kevin, Kevin Love, Love, I just like, don't how did get, Kevin Love make it in 2021? There needs to, be, to me, there needs to be more clarity on how the roster is assembled and whether or not who a list of who they invited and who didn't and who was declined because, you know, and maybe that will happen this year after if they don't win. But this is ridiculous that guys like Trey Young and Zion Williamson aren't there and Steph Curry, they, they, like those guys should be there. Well, and it's, it's ridiculous it's, that the USA declined Trey Young maybe because Trey Young wants to play clearly according to his tweet. He wanted to play, just he didn't get the invite. And well, Zion, I'm assuming, is the same thing. Zion probably just got didn't get the invite either. Because he played for USA in the 2018, like, youth, like, whatever, the youth, like, runs that they have for Team USA. Like, he was there. There's pictures of him in a USA basketball gear, like, two years ago. So I, mean. I, I don't see why they wouldn't invite Zion though. Like he was the, the next gen cover athlete last year. He's more marketable. So I don't get why they didn't invite him either. So like that whole Olympic situation is so weird because they're not specifying what do you need to make this team? It should maybe be, it's age. It has to be it has to be like a prestige to make this team. There, yeah, there has to be something like you said, it's David, age. that we it's don't age. know about. But how then? Because because there's no rookie. Like, what other rookies in, like, second year and third year players are in, on the team? There's not a lot. There's, a lot of the guys are, like, veterans, kind of. And at least six year, fifth, six year players. Well, wait, Jason Tatum's, what, 20? Oh, well, he's in, his, he's in his only fourth year. Yeah, so okay, that, that's so fair, Tra- yeah. Tra- yeah, then Trey. Like, no, but no, Trey's, Trey's a year below Tatum. Tatum was 2017, Young's 2018. So, yeah, I, I he only has, yeah. To, 
to me, it's the same thing now. Like age one, I just want the best 12 guys that play for the United States there. And I understand. Like I would have even understood if Kevin Durant didn't go. He gave his time. LeBron gave his time. Curry didn't give his time. Go, go play. Well, Frank, you've been driving home that point for 20 years. We get, like, we get it. But I mean, what about what about what about what about Kyrie Irving? Oh, well, I mean, Kyrie. I mean, I guess he he did play in 2016 though, so he has. And I'm me, and I'm not 2012, but 2016 he did play on a team, uh, on Team USA. He was so maybe in, he was injured in the second round. And he was injured, no, yeah. So th- there's the a whole with thing Harden. with Kyrie. Yeah. Harden, same thing. But still, I mean, the best roster is not there, and. You know, we're not a lock for gold, like some people think. But that's what I'm saying, dude. Everyone acts like the world is caught up to USA. No, they haven't. We're out like 20 guys, and we're still like probably going to win gold. Like the, the, the world is not caught up as much as people think because there are so many world teams. Like if it was literally just one team for every player in the world or for one team for every player in the world outside of the USA, then it would be a good matchup. But it's like Luca's on his own team. Luca's not with Joel Embiid. It doesn't work with that. Like Luca, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, like all these guys, and Giannis aren't like aren't on the same team. Like they're all they all have to be on different teams. So, um, the USA still has a, a major advantage over other countries. Oh uh, yeah, and I mean uh, also for the center size, I also would have looked at some guys like Jared Allen maybe just to fill out the roster. Like I don't know about that man. Sam and Kevin Love, like that. I mean, I'm just saying just for size. Like, there was no other center that could replace him? Like, it, well, yeah, I know Carl Anthony Towns declined, but he's also been going through some real personal stuff, so it makes sense for him to decline. Um, like, I, I get it, but David's right. Like, we don't ha- – like, look at these other countries. Look at these guys that they play. They got these seven-foot guys that are massive. Playing Draymond Green at the five is not going to work. And even if we bring Zion there, we need some beef. Like, we, like Jared Allen, someone like that. Like, I'm good with that. Over Kevin Love. Kevin Love shouldn't be on this roster. Yeah, he's there for the veteran experience, a veteran experience, but that's a whole joke. But. Also, D-Book is on the way. Like he's I think, And Chris Middleton and Holiday. Yeah, they're on the way. So it's like they're not the full roster. So maybe they're not going to replace Gil right away or something like that. But they're going to have a better roster in a couple weeks or a week. Hopefully. That's what I'm saying, dude. There, there's been so many, like, things, like, right now. Like, the whole, like, if they actually got the best players that they could have got, this team would actually be so like it would be leap like imagine like Harden, Curry, like LeBron, like the, if you add like those guys to the team, it's like it's game over. Definitely. It already is game over. I mean, but I don't know. Did you guys see that fun tweet? This would be an insane Space Jam like thing if he finished his movie and then came to save Team USA. Uh, story. <laughs> that would be a good story, and you know they could really use it if he did do it. They they could they could use it. The movie yeah. comes out or today. The movie oh, comes oh. out today. Yeah, well, tomorrow. Oh yeah, today. Yeah, today. Today. Um, yeah. Oh damn! All right, so let's get a watch, Frank. Let's talk about an Australian player, uh, Ben Simmons, who is also not representing his country because apparently he is working out this off season. We've heard that before. Uh, uh, it was previously known that Philadelphia badly wanted De'Aaron Fox back in any way um, if they trade Simmons to Sacramento, but it appears the Kings are not interested for obvious reasons. Uh, the Spurs recently jumped in as a team with DeJounte Murray being a centerpiece of the potential deal. Uh, to me, I could see the Spurs being, you know, a landing spot possibility because I think Popovich is okay with having a guy that's a project. And to me, I think they're also going to look at a guy like Laurie Markkinen from the Bulls. And Popovich is good at developing players, and I think that would be a good spot for Benson. What do you guys think? Um, so, the, so a former a former Spurs player came out and said this. We don't know who it is. Greg Popovich would trade anybody to land Ben Simmons. Interesting. Well, anyone on their roster, and, and Demar Drozen cannot be traded because he's a free agent. So it's yeah, that's Dante Murray. That's the answer. They can sign a trade if they wanted to, but I'm saying like there's a market firm in San Antonio, and also for Sacramento. You know, guys, you guys are not going to like this. I think. If the deal comes for Fox and Simmons, it, it benefits both teams. Oh, I think – I mean, I don't think it benefits the Kings, but, I, I mean, because explain. I, I want to hear I this. He's a point guard, and he's being forced to play shooting guard next to Fox. And I Tyrese think, can play off the ball. He played off the ball in college a lot. Yeah, but, like, I think having Ben Simmons next to Tyrese would be more better than just having two shooters. Like, like, like in Portland, it's Damon and CJ. There's not really, like, that one guy – 
So now nah, like- Tyrese is more of a Tyrese is a pass first guy. I because Ben Simmons, you have two pass first guys. Tyrese is a pass first guy in my opinion. I mean, he's always made the right play. I always had a low turnover um to assist or a low assist to turnover ratio. Really smart player. Like I mean, his IQ is through the roof according to you know all accounts. I don't think the, I don't think a fit with Tyrese and Simmons would be good. Tyrese and Fox have been perfectly fine. The problem with Sacramento is our front court is awful. The you know, Marvin Bagley has really just you know been a disaster in Sacramento. Buddy Healy, even his defense has been really bad as tricky shooter. That's the problem. Their front court and you know Rashawn Holmes is a good player. They didn't. They didn't use. But they need some wings. They need some like really good. Like they need a, a small forward, power forward. They don't need a, you know, more guard help. And they don't need to get rid of. Their best player. I mean, you're gonna trade your best player. I don't. I don't like that. You know. I don't know. I mean, I just think Fox, kind of like you said, like just needs an opportunity. I mean, and you know, Ben Simmons has had the opportunity to perform in the playoffs, and he's obviously under exceeded expectations. So, you know, I think the Spurs is an ideal landing spot. David, we also talked about the Wizards because I think that you know they're ready to blow it up soon, Um, and even Portland possibly, maybe. But anywhere, like. I think Popovich, though, is the safest bet. And to me, that would give me a little bit more confidence that Ben Simmons can actually turn into a superstar, potentially. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, go ahead. People were calling this guy, like, the next LeBron James. Like, they were legitimately saying, like, this guy is going to be as good as LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. no, people were. But um, I want to get back to David's point about DeMar DeRozan because – that would be interesting, right? Like the Spurs, you know, you know, getting Ben Simmons, the 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 76ers getting, you know, DeMar DeRozan. But DeMar would also want to have to go to Philadelphia. And I mean, I think he would go to Philadelphia. So that would be intriguing with DeMar, Joel Embiid, because DeMar is a much improved playmaker now. Average like seven assists a game last season. He's really, you know, upped it in, in that category. So I, I think that would be a perfect fit um, with him, with, you know, Seth Curry maybe, you know, maybe Maxie's still there. Uh, you know, right. Dibbles is questionable in the starting five, but Harris, yeah, I think that's a pretty good core. Um, that would be nice. I mean, it's better than having Ben Simmons there. Yeah, because I don't buy that Ben Simmons' trade value is insane. Like, they want, like, a superstar in return. I think DeRozan is one of the best. DeRozan or CJ McCollum is one of their best, like, the best possible scenario for them. Because I don't yeah. think the trade value is all that. But I would yeah, like they that. they think it's, like, a superstar, but the rest of the league probably doesn't think the same way. And for good reason. Mm-hmm. All right, so that leads us to our last topic of the day. We're here to talk about the NBA Finals outlook. Obviously, the series is tied at two apiece right now. Um, and, you know, guys, obviously the Bucks were able to take care of home court. And we always said in the podcast that, you know, the, the series really doesn't get interesting until the, the first, you know, home team loses a game. So the home team has yet to lose a game, so it's tied 2-2. And now Phoenix will have the opportunity to, you know, go back home and, you know, take care of them and get a lead in the series. So – Right now, what are you guys' predictions for this? the rest of the series um, currently tied at two? I want to hear Frank's first. Um, man, I don't know. I, I, you know, I understand what you're saying where the mo- – like, you know, it's 2-2 now. But I think the momentum has swung. Um, and, and I think the Bucks are riding high off the performances for, you know, from Chris Middleton and obviously Giannis. And, you know, the Suns kind of – Frank, a don't switch your pick. And, and no, and I get that Chris Paul, you know, didn't perform well and he'll bounce back. I'm still going to stick with my sons and seven from the original pick um, just because they have the next two out of the three home. And that to, to me is a big deal. And I do not think Chris Paul will play as bad as he did game four, any game in the series. To me, he's always like a guy that comes back after a bad performance and plays well. So I think the Suns win game five, the Bucks go back to Milwaukee, win game six, and then the Bucks, uh, the Suns win game seven. Um, so I have Bucks and seven. That's my that was my prediction from the beginning. And the thing is with that is teams in order to stop Giannis have to build like a physical wall technically, and they haven't done the best. Like he dropped back to back forty point games, and yesterday he had uh, twenty six, I believe. So he they haven't had an answer for him. And Aiton's not cutting it. They don't really have a bench. Like if Suns had a better bench than the Bucks, I would probably choose the Suns. But since like other than Cameron Payne, but I just feel like stopping Giannis. It's hard, and if Chris Middleton continues to – like, if Chris Middleton can stay consistent, I think it's a lock for the Bucks. Yeah, I'm not really arguing that, Gian- that the Suns could stop Giannis because they can't, and it's hard to build a wall. You know, everyone talks about how it's so easy to just build a wall. It's not. I mean, it's really hard. The Miami well, Heat yeah. are, and if, are if, really if the only so, team that has done that. If it was so easy, then everyone would do it, right? So, And, like, you know, the thing about this – But it doesn't always work. 
the series is I'm not expecting Middleton to play and have a 40-point game, especially on the road. He's been really bad on the road in this playoffs. And I'm not sure if I can rely on Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to, you know, at least be decent because Drew Holiday has been abysmal. He was like five for 20 from the field in game four. Again, another bad night. He hasn't had like one good game other than a decent game three. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I can trust those two guys to help the Bucks get over the top in the series. So I'm, I'm sick with the Suns and seven, my original pick. I had it um, before the series. I, I feel that. I feel like Eric Bledsoe and Chris, I mean, Drew Holiday, they're the same player to me. Uh, they, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, it reminds me of Eric Bledsoe, but even when Drew Holiday doesn't score the most yeah. points, he'll do other things. Like, he had that one game where he had, like, nine, nine, and nine. So, he'll still do other things like that. But if Drew Holiday can get somewhat of a decent jump shot in game, like, if the Bucks can somehow still game five, that would be gigantic. Uh-huh. Well, it would, change, it would change everything, yeah. And like but you said, David, too, like they don't even really need Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to play as good as they did in Milwaukee. They just need them to be decent. Like, but just Middleton, decent. Had, Middleton dropped 40, and they only won by six points, so they need yeah, Middleton but, to do some work. But, like, Devin Booker yeah. went off. Booker and went Booker off. went off, too. So to Booker be fair, went yeah, off, and, the, and, the, and you, you know, you got to throw on the wraps as well. So, like, it's a it's a combination. And, you know. The, yeah, no doubt. But, and Suns were, were up that game, like, most of the time. Yeah, they were. It was the Bucks really pulling at the end. So, um, so far, everyone's kind of stick with their picks. I feel like that's pretty valid with the you know, series side 2-2. Nothing really major has happened to swing in one team's favor yet, although the Bucks do have the momentum, quote-unquote, um, from winning the last two games, even though I don't think that's really real because I think it's hard to win road games in the NBA Finals. I think it's just – that's what it is. It's hard to win on the road um, with these high-pressure environments. So that's going to be it for the Seeky Sports Podcast. Season three, episode 53. We appreciate David coming on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow our socials, our TikTok, our Instagram, our Twitter, as well as our YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, we're actually hinting at a new partnership. I know Frank knows about that. As well as OT, download the OT app today. Um, we're actually doing a game five pool tomorrow, uh, whatever, 17th. So we're doing a game five pool for that. Um, and then, yeah. You can find David on TikTok at uh, David Daniel Six. Is that your username? I'm sorry if I'm saying. I think it's David Daniel Six, but we'll link it down below in the, in the description. So make sure to follow him there. Um, and that's gonna be it, guys. We we'll appreciate you for stopping by for however long you did today, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.